You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. As we've been walking through the book of Ephesians, exploring why the church, I hope that you've seen that God's plan in the church is to bring himself glory and to bring himself glory by showing great goodness and love, a goodness and love that is more than what any of us deserves. But the question that comes to me and possibly comes to you is, why? Why go through all that hard work of saving us? Uh, Particularly, I know myself, this is not a good, perfect person. I have a lot of things that just are not what they should be. And if I'm just one of us, for the billions that have lived throughout history, why did God not just get rid of us, but why is he walking us through this process of making us back into his image? In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul begins to answer that. And what we're going to look at in this session is verses 1 through 7. And what he says in verses 1 through 7 is, in you... All of you, all of us were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, you too also formerly lived in the lust of your flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God... Being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing richness of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And that's where we're going to stop for this episode. You were dead in your offenses and sins. If there was any part of your body that was cut off and not reattached, it would be dead. And that's exactly the analogy that Paul is painting for his readers, that they've been cut off from God. And by being cut off from him because of their offenses and their sins, they are now dead They are on the way towards complete destruction. They will be no more. Where God originally made us to live with him forever and ever in perfect fellowship and harmony, our sins. And so this is something that's really insightful for us is God does not throw us on the trash heap. We run to the trash heap. We run there and we stay there and we thumb our noses at him and say, hey, I can be just like you and I can make my life work. In fact, it's not just you who did it. It's all of us who've done this in which you all previously walked or journeyed according to the course of this world. That's just the way the world is. We're self-centered, we're prideful, we're arrogant, we're liars. You could fill in the blank of all the things that describe us as people, as broken people. And yet, 
this course of this world is not just ours. It's in accordance with the prince and the power of the air. It flows, it, it's there because of this prince, this power, this authority that is within the realm in which we live. The air is the air we breathe. And what Paul is painting here is the picture that this world isn't broken just because humans chose to rebel, but it's broken because the spiritual beings, the prince of it, in fact, Satan himself, lives within our realm. He has focused on the earth. And what he's doing, he is the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. He is energizing rebellion against God. He just fosters it. He encourages it. He sets the right setting for it. He makes us feel comfortable and he protects us as best as he can so that we continue to live away from the God who made us and loves us and has good plans for us. Among them, those evil people, we all too previously lived in the lust of our flesh. We did whatever felt right for us. We were indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Whatever we thought was right, oh, that makes sense to me, or it felt right, man, that just feels good. Whatever it was, we walked into it. And by nature, it's just the way it was. It was natural for us. We were children of wrath. Wrath is God's hatred towards sin. And because we are covered with sin inside and out, his wrath is towards us. It's not because we are people. It's not because he hates us. It's not because we made a mistake. It's because we live in filth and he hates that filth. He hates that brokenness. He wants it away. Just like inside of your house, when things are broken, when things are messed up, you reach this point that you say, it just can't be anymore. And you become moved from the internal essence of your being to make things right. And you're throwing it in the trash and you're getting rid of this and you're getting rid of that. And that's what God wants to do inside this broken world. But here's how beautiful and how awesome God is, is he doesn't just take every single thing that has a spot of sin on it and get rid of it. No, he wants to get rid of the thing that is corrupting us so that we can be with him and be restored. How do we know this? Because it says, but God, in verse 4, being rich in mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. When you hit your brother in the face and you deserve to be punished, and your parent says, you know what? I think this is something that just, I don't know why, but I am not going to punish you the way that you need to be punished. I'm going to give you grace, a gift that doesn't give you what you deserve in this moment. And why did he do it? Because of his great love with which he has loved us. This is really important. And it's that last word, with which he has loved us. A lot of times when we look at the brokenness around us, we look at everybody else and we say, man, they're messed up and that person is so inadequate and that person, man, how could you ever love them? But God, you have to show me grace. You have to show me mercy. You have to be patient with me because I deserve it somehow because somehow I'm better than the rest. No, 
We are exactly like anyone else in this world. We are all broken. And his love is for all of us. All of us. And until we get the richness of God's love that loves all of us, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. It doesn't have a blank that says put in your name. It has us in it. And that is what God wants to bring us to, to not just be changed from the sin that's out there, but to be transformed with a new view of the world. And the view of the world is the exact opposite of what us, what got us in trouble in the first place. We said, I will be like God. I myself will be God. And that's why we have all the core, prideful, set myself up over other people issues that are at the center of all human brokenness. Our selfishness is our downfall. And he wants to set us free from the world being all about us. This is why the church is so stinking important. It's because the church shows us a bigger picture. It helps us to be able to get what God's all about. And he did this. When did he do this? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, in our wrongdoings. If I saw somebody making a change in their life, that's when I would step in. That's not God. When they are spitting in his face, when they are just stuck in their brokenness. That is the moment that he steps in and he says, hey, let me go ahead and meet you when you're dead, when you're completely cut off, when you don't want me, here I am. And I am going to make you alive. He made us alive together. He has not saved you because he wants you or needs you. He has saved us because he has great plans for us, and he wants to put us together. How? In Christ and with Christ. This choice by God is by his grace, and by his grace, we have been saved by his gift. If he's given us that great of a gift, couldn't we pass that on to others? Couldn't the church be a place where we are filled with God's goodness and we pass it on in just a simple, profound way to the people around us to be able to love others as we've been loved? Not only did he meet us in our brokenness and come to us and bring us life when we were dead, but he has raised us up. He's resurrected us and it's in the present tense. It's not that we're going to be resurrected in the end. It's that he says, hey, you know what? Your life, I call you from it and I give you a new one. I give you a life in me. It isn't about you anymore. It's about us. And it isn't about just us in the past. It's us in the present who have been saved, who have been set free, who've been healed and can live into the fullness that I have for you. Where are we going to do this and how are we going to do how are we going to live this kind of life because he has seated us with him in the heavenlies. For those of you who've never heard this before, this is one of my favorite thoughts that the heavens are any place without space. So so the air, the place where the stars exist, the places in between the molecules of your body, that is where the heavens exist. Why? Because God is an omnipresent God and he lives in heaven. 
And so if he is everywhere, then heaven is everywhere with him. And he has now given us a connection. I don't know if you've ever worked on a vehicle, but my dad used to tell me, hey, seat that bolt, really tighten that bolt on there so that peace doesn't fall off. And this is what God did, is he has seated us in Christ. He's connected us in such a deep way that even though we may try to run away, even though sometimes we may be afraid, even though we may not understand, he is with us. And he is with us in every state, in every situation. He will never leave us or forsake us. Why? And this gets to the question that we asked at the beginning, so that in the ages to come, he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Who are those in Christ Jesus? It's the church. Why the church? Why take these reprobates and pour so much goodness out on them instead of just destroying them? Because if God just destroyed us and started over again, we would never know him. And this is what he wants us to know about him. I am the God of redemption. Not just for one, but for all. I make all things new. And I put great effort into this. I am so patient. I am so gracious. I am so loving. I will meet you when you don't want to be met. And I will care for you in that place. He does this because he wants all of his creation to know his character. And so he's chosen a special population to pour his being out on. And as he pours his goodness out on his church, it should transform us. It should make us vessels of his glory. So how would this impact our lives? How would this change us? If we really got what Paul was talking about, why the church here in these seven verses? I think that we would be much more thankful for our lives. And we would also look more regularly at ourselves and other people with a lot more humility. We're all messed up, but God is good to all of us. We'd also realize that we're on a new path. We, we were on this journey just walking around like everybody else, but we have a new road, and he's going to walk with us on this road. And on this road, we have a new life. We have been resurrected with him. We're not the person from the past or the person that he has planned for us, and he is going to give us his eternal communion and infinite resources when we simply just walk with him in this process. I think the biggest point, though, is that we would see that the church is not about us. It's about the God who saved us, that he is using us and working through us and in us to be able to display to all of creation just how good he really is, and that through that, he would bring goodness and salvation and transformation to all that is broken in the heavens and on the earth, the things seen and things unseen, that he would stand up and stand over all of his creation. He would be the head and his church would be the hands and feet that would simply live out God's great love. What if the church could actually be like that? That could be so humbly thankful for God's goodness that just lived with him and lived for him. What an impact that could make 
in every community and in every family in this world. I hope that this becomes our reality. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.